all the news you need to know. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, you guys, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. We want to say thank you for joining us this evening. This show is brought to you live by your radio network. You guys can check out our app. It's free. You can download it on your iPhone or Android. That's YRN 1328, your radio network. Make sure you join it, um, share it with your friends, and you can listen not only to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, but to all of the awesome platforms that we host over here on the network, you guys. And I'm excited, you guys. I've been listening, looking forward to this topic um, for a while sometimes. And um, our special guest, uh, Elder John Garrett II, he's joining us this evening, you guys. And we're going to be talking about how can the church lead more young people to Christ. And one of the things that that made me create um, this show for this evening uh, was that oftentimes, um, for me growing up, there was a lot of youth in church. And, you know, you had vacation Bible school, and it was just youth everywhere. But sometimes when you go to church nowadays, I would say, depending on probably where you are, the, the, the volume of youth has decreased. You don't see too many youth um, in church anymore for various reasons. So tonight we're going to talk about how we can, you know, lead lead more young people to Christ, how we can lead more young people to develop a relationship, um, you know, with the church. I believe a lot of, of course, a lot of issues have created strained relationships with the church and so forth. But tonight we're going to get into that, you guys. And, of course, we're going to give you guys um a great message, um, something to go away with, as we always like to provide over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. So we are excited that you guys have joined us this evening. If you're out there and maybe you have a question or a comment and you want to add to this conversation, conversation, feel free to join us. The number is 347-326. 9139 is the number, and all you have to do is press the number one, and we'll bring you up on the line, and you can share in with us on this topic. So we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back with our special guest, you guys, and he's going to um, join us and tell us a little bit about himself, and then we're going to get into this topic tonight. So you guys sit back. We'll be right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And what he does 
And you guys, that was gospel artist Derek Monk with You're the Reason. You guys, make sure you check that out on iTunes. It is definitely available. Um, created and produced um, by Teddy Riley. So big shout out to Derek Monk, you guys. You guys can check him out on Facebook and on Twitter as well, you guys, um, and can connect with him. Uh, he would definitely love to hear um, your insight and your thoughts. Um, on his new single, you guys. So make sure you go and support Derek Monk, you guys. And, of course, before the break, you guys, as I was telling you, tonight we got a great topic. We're going to be talking about how can the church lead more young people to Christ. Um, and so tonight joining us is going to be our special guest, Elder John Garrett the second. So he's going to be joining us tonight. I'm excited about having him on. So if you're out there or you got a question or comment, um, as I always say, feel free to call in and join us. We would love to hear your input as well. The call-in number is 347-326-913. 39 is the number. Now you have to do is press the number one. So we're not going to delay any longer. We're going to bring our guest of the hour on here. John, you there? Yes, ma'am, I am. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's a great honor to be here tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm definitely glad that you were able to make it this evening uh, for this awesome topic. And, uh, of course, for the people out there who may not be familiar with who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm from a little town here in Louisiana called Homa. I've been pastoring for about a year and a half now. Um, I was called into the ministry at a very young age, but like most young folk, we don't want to listen to the call, so we ran. Then <laughs> uh, I've been out here trying to get some youth to come closer to Christ. I've uh, been doing a lot of things, trying to get a lot of things motivated, but as you know, mm-hmm. small towns don't want to listen sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I exactly know how that is. Definitely. And um, of course, for you, um, and I and I heard you mention, you know, running from that call, um, as well. What what, what do you think uh, were some of the things that had you kind of running from uh, being called um, as a pastor? A lot of things kind of had me running, but the most important thing that kept me from wanting to be a pastor or even walking mm-hmm. into the call was the fact that a lot of people didn't like to be around you. A lot of folk really didn't right. understand what it's like to be a church goer or a Jesus right. worshiper, you know, a Christian person, period. And then right. a lot of people would put me down saying, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. So I figured mm-hmm. if they said mm-hmm. it makes somebody else think that I can. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, and of course, pertaining to our topic tonight, I think that is one of the things that, um, you know, speaking of, keeps a lot of youth um, from wanting to get involved in church because, you know, sometimes, um, you know, when you two involved in church, you know, people call you, you know, Jesus freak and, you know, you a church girl, you're a church boy, and they figure, you know, that, I don't know, somehow you, you, you are just like a totally, totally different being um, and that you can't, you know, uh, fit into society like everybody else. And so I think a lot of times people are afraid of, you know, some of the um, the, the expectations we put on uh, youth who are involved in church. Right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely, absolutely. And so for you, and, and I've heard, you know, you talk about um, trying to get, um, you know, youth as far as uh, with their relationship with Christ. And so, let you know, let's talk about this. Why do you think, what, what do you believe are some of the main reasons? And I mentioned earlier in the broadcast that for me growing up, um, you know, youth were always around at church, you know, Bible studies, Sunday school, and so forth. And so now it seems and I've been to a few churches um, in different states, and and so it depends. And I and I've noticed also it depends on the demographics. But um, a good part I've also noticed that the population of youth um, has decreased. Um, it seems, and so why do you think that the population of youth just being in church period has decreased so much? Well, there's a few reasons for sure. Uh, first of which is that the parents nowadays don't increase the fact that, you know, if I'm going to church, you guys are going to come too. Right. When I was growing up, right. that, was, that was not an option. 
If mama <laughs> went, exactly. If if you wasn't with mama, you was with grandma, and you knew you was going to church. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and another reason is because a lot of the pastors, the teachers, and the leaders inside the church, even some of the body members itself, they haven't grown to grown accustomed to making church fun for kids, having things for them to do. They push them aside saying, oh, well, the kids aren't interested, so I'm going to just focus on the adults, whereas we know and we've been hearing for years, no matter where you live at, that our children are our future. So if our mm-hmm, children are mm-hmm. if we're going to have them to do things that's going to make a difference in the world, then why not get them in the church so that they have a strong right. spiritual background? So when it right. comes down to making hard decisions, they can actually make them and feel comfortable mm-hmm. about it because they know they did the right thing. They know what mama taught them, but they also know what the Bible teaches us. But the biggest right. reason is a lot of pastors and teachers don't know how to explain the Bible to the children. Mm-hmm. They're afraid right. if they see it one way, then they sound too worldly, or if they say it another way, then they sound too highly, or they sound too mm-hmm. holy. Mm-hmm. But there's a few ways you can do it, but as children, a lot of them sit there and absorb. If they don't understand one particular written version of the Bible, get another one so that it breaks it down for them. It does all right. the homework for you, and then you can go back and tell them what it means in the King James Version. Right, right. And a lot Absolutely. Of they want to learn. They're eager to learn, but nobody wants to take the time out to actually sit down and teach them. Nobody wants to mm-hmm. take the time out down and just say, hey, what do you want to know about the Bible? What do you want to know about Christ? How do you feel if I sit down with you and we go over some things that you don't know? Because anybody Mm -hmm. and everybody, no matter how old or young you are, can quote John 3.16, and they can quote various other (laughs) memorable verses in the Bible, but nobody can and explain a lot of them because there's nobody to teach them. Right. Right, right, absolutely, and I think um, I, I know for me, man, um, growing up and going to church, um, my mom had started us where we had to take notes, um, and I and I felt so I felt so corny, you know, <laughs> like the other kids, you know, they're in church and they're playing and, and doing whatever, but my mom had us take notes, and so we we had to take notes on you know things that we picked up that the pastor would say, and so a lot of times we it would be something that he might say, and I said, Mama, I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. So, um, and like you said, my mom was able to take the time. My mom and my dad were, were able to take the time to break down exactly, you know, what it is that the pastor was trying to get across. And so I think, um, like you said, just people having the time. And it's okay sometimes, even as parents, to say, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know what that means. So let's go, you know, let's go to the pastor or let's go find some resources on how we can better help explain, you know, this certain text or whatever in the Bible. Um, I just think that sometimes as parents, you know, we, you know, you like to seem like you you know all the answers and it's okay to have those moments where you say, okay, you know what, I need some clarification on, you know, what this means as well. So actually, you know, getting that help. And and as you mentioned, um, it's a lot of resources. I started off um, even as a little tot with the children's Bible, then moved up to the, you know, the youth Bible and so forth. And so it's a a lot of different resources out here. Um, And like you said, you have a lot of youth um, who are interested. Um, But I think um, a lot of times they are afraid to to ask those questions on, you know, well, what's really going on in, in this passage in the Bible? Right. And a lot of times, a lot of them are even scared because of the peer pressure that they have around them. Yeah. Especially in- yeah. I've come to find out, find out in the short time I've been on this earth, you know, kids will be kids. They will make fun of you for anything that they can find that they feel is a joke to them. And that is the truth. And going to, church, is the truth. And going to church is is the biggest thing. Oh, you go to church, you're a goody two-shoe. But when your church does things that's not only interesting and Bible-based, but when they do things that gets the youth involved, gets them active in the community, as well as, mm-hmm. you know, give them a sense of morals and values where maybe mom and daddy slipped up. Maybe their family mm-hmm. just doesn't teach the right things or they're always around negativity. If you can get them in the speech to where they have some positivity, show them that their talents aren't based on the world. Show them that they have gifts. Show them Mm. that they are 
important that they can actually come in and do something and feel important. Whereas if they Absolutely. don't feel important to friends and their family, they feel important inside the church. Somebody's giving them an right. opportunity to do something. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that goes back to a lot of things where, you know, we used to go to Bible study, vacation Bible school. We would have, you know, some churches out here have like a hallelujah night on Halloween to kind of get the kids Mm -hmm. to be in church Uh out the streets. But also it goes back to, you know, where we used to have, I know a couple of churches I've been to out here before I walked in my calling. We used to have basketball teams. We had Bible bowl Mm -hmm. teams. And they would right. compete with other churches around the area. They still do it now, mm-hmm. but a lot of kids don't want to be involved because they figure, oh, I got to study. Oh, I got to be with these church folks. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. say this. I can't. Sometimes as leaders, we have to put our so-called holiness aside and <laughs> come down to that yeah. level, talk to them at whatever level they're on. Sometimes it might seem wrong to some folk because it's like, well, you talk to them like you're a part of them. You talk to them like you on the street. You don't talk like you're a pastor or you don't talk like you're a leader in the church, but sometimes it takes that to get them in the church because you can't always put yourself on a higher pedestal than everybody else if you can't bring yourself down to help them where they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's one of those things um, – when when we look at youth, and what do you think about as far as more pastors um, going out into the community? It seems like you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of pastors nowadays. And so I remember um, our pastor actually going out into the, the neighborhoods and uh, putting things in place and encouraging folks to come to Bible study, encouraging folks to come to vacation Bible school. Do you believe that now in 2016 that, that people have gotten away, particularly uh, ministers and pastors, have gotten away from forming relationships with their community? Actually, I do. They really have. Yeah. They've gotten so far away yeah. from it. I guess because they're scared of what's going on on the outside. Mm-hmm. But honestly, in this day and age with how the world's been turning around, how things have been happening, how people have been acting out and children just kind of doing their own thing. It's, it hurts me that pastors are scared to come out. It hurts me that leaders are afraid to come out in their communities. But if you're supposed to be a community figure, if you say you are a leader, then God teaches us multiple things. He teaches us that as leaders, we should also be servants to those that we are leading. Absolutely. So it simply means we have to be able to come out of our shell, come out of our little box that we're in and say, I'm going to take this risk because I know God got me. I know that God has his hand over me. I know he's covering me. And I know because I'm a religious leader in the community, they're not going to act crazy. They won't do me any harm. And if they do, they don't know who I really am. And some of them, they really don't take it seriously when they call themselves leaders. I'm very Mm. adamant and very Very true. On the cheat on the children, mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. don't want to lead and and guide and help those kids when they fall or you know give them some type of guidance. I used I used to get in trouble so much that my mom would say, you know what, I'm not even gonna fuss at you no more. I'm not gonna do you anything no more. I'm gonna just take you to the pastor. So if you don't want to listen <laughs> to me, we gonna go to we gonna go to Rev and Rev gonna get you right. Straight. <laughs> That's and right. I mean, That's right. Nowadays, they shouldn't be afraid to go out in the streets. They shouldn't be afraid to go talk to this person and that person because if you have a relationship mm-hmm. with certain folk, even if it's the baddest people in the community or it's the worst, you know, drug dealers and and dope dealers, nine times mm-hmm. out of ten they'll respect you so much that they'll not do certain things around where the church is. Absolutely. Not say Absolutely. Things around you. Sometimes they'll just stop mm-hmm. doing what they're doing just to come and greet you and say, hey, how you doing, Pastor? How you feeling? You yep. know, you need something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of us leaders or I just say leaders in general want to blend in so they have two different lifestyles instead of having one lifestyle that reflects on the good areas and the bad areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And uh, what I want to do, uh, John, is I want to take a short break, but when we come back, um, I want to um, add some more uh, to this conversation about relationship between pastors and the community, you guys. So uh, you guys stay tuned in. We're going to be right back with more right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2. And Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his work available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. It's been a long time coming, kings and queens. My first published book, titled Life is Outstanding, it's a self-help Motivation book by your very own, me, Anthony D. Collins. Life is outstanding because every new day we wake up, we have a chance to create a new life that feeds off positivity. You can read that and more in my book, due to release in January. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly, and this evening, you guys, we are having a great discussion on how can the church lead more young people to Christ. And uh, before the break, uh, we were talking uh, with um, Elder John about um, the topic of pastors and their relationships with the community. And, and John, one of the things that it was a show that um, I watched um, – and I don't even know if it comes on anymore, but I believe it was the, the pastors of of L.A., um, a reality show that they had. And so with that, one of the pastors, you know, tried to go out into uh, what he considered his hood, you know, in California and talk to some of the people in the neighborhood. Well, when he got there, he was not wanted. Um, and in fact, they wanted him to leave, and he couldn't understand why they wanted him to leave. And it was because a lot of them told him, you know, we haven't seen you in this neighborhood in well over 20 years. You know, what are you doing here? You know, you don't care about us. And so, um, and, and it brings me, you know, to that connection on a lot of times, and, and as you mentioned, you have a lot of pastors who um, they don't realize it. You know, if you can connect with a lot of these people, um, as people want to call them on, on the other side of the tracks or who are involved in, in gang activity and so forth, and a lot of people don't realize the power um, that could be done if you connected with these people um, who seem to have the quote-unquote power of your particular city. You know, and so a lot of times I believe that people tend to overlook you know, certain people in certain neighborhoods um, thinking that they don't need to have a connection with them. Right. Now, I have watched the show. It has brought very, very good laughter to me. (laughs) (laughs) And for those pastors, for those leaders who don't get in the community and have been in the community, been pastoring, a well-known church or at least a locally well-known church for years, if you haven't been in the community in years, it does take a toll and it does hurt you and the church, Mm -hmm. not only member-wise but also financially because those that knew of you and know how you are and the word that you spread and how good you are behind, if you haven't been in the community to talk to anybody, if you haven't went and visited anybody, then it hurts you as a leader, because now nobody wants to listen to you. No one wants to right. adhere to what you have to say. And then even if they do come to church, they're only going to come to church like most people during holiday seasons. <laughs> they're going to say how good of a message they got. They're going to say how good church was. But because you haven't done anything for them lately, 
I can't sing right. about them. They're going to feel right. like, oh, he's just there to collect the checks from the church. And Absolutely. a lot of pastors do realize it. Now, I'm one of those guys, it doesn't matter what goes on, it doesn't matter how much the church collects, I'm not looking for a handout. I'm more worried about how you are, what you're doing, and how is everything mm-hmm. going. If I help, mm-hmm. then I can help. If I can't, then I can see who I can get that would be of assistance to you. But I'm going to, first of all, come see about you. If I haven't, came right. to come see, if I haven't seen someone in a while... They usually, it's the ones that will tell you, you know, you ain't been over in a while. We haven't sat down and had a conversation, <laughs> had a good time. Right. That's usually the good ones that are looking for, you know, you to come spend some time with them. But a lot of people won't say it because they feel like they shouldn't have to ask. And, right. and to be honest, they shouldn't. You should be able to just pop up as a leader or give a call ahead and say, hey, I'm coming, drop by. I want to come see how you're doing. Right. Is this a good right. And my members out here, they, they, they love the fact that even if I haven't seen them all week long, except for Bible study and on Sunday service, they know one thing. I'm asking, how's everything going? Is everything all right? right. Do you need something from us? Are you in a bind? What's going on in life? You right. know, because that's the, main, that's the main thing about being a leader, being a pastor. You have to know how your members are doing, whether large or small. And okay. a lot of times, Leaders forget when they get big, when they get up there, they have a, a larger crowd, a bigger membership, more money coming mm-hmm. in. They forget to see about the ones that were there from the start. They forget Absolutely. to come, come by and, and enjoy the time with their members. Absolutely. 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 I, I definitely, definitely agree. And, and so for you, um, and, and going back to our topic this evening, how have you found um, ways um, to um, get the youth uh, more involved uh, in the church, in the congregation, and, and also creating that relationship um, with Christ? Well, I would, I would say it's a secret, but it's really no secret. I talk to these <laughs> kids. I talk to the people around me, some of the guys that know me from school. You know, I use how I used to be as an example to say, you know, even though you're doing this, even though you're doing that, don't forget that there's somebody above that actually cares about you and can get you out of a bind, whereas mom and dad and your friends can't. You know, I use the fact that even though I used to be a bad kid or a very active child, as some people would say, I have (laughs) – learned, I've looked, and I've discovered that when mom and daddy can't help you, when there's nothing that they can do to keep you at bay or to keep you at peace, if you go to jail today or tomorrow and they can't get you out, what are you going to do? Are you going to lash out because now I can't see mom and daddy and I can't do what I want? Are you going to get down on your knees and pray that God protects you while you're in there, protect you mentally, protect you in the heart because for a lot of our kids, they get locked up and they figure that's the only way to go. And now they have a rap sheet mm-hmm, as long mm-hmm. as, you know, as long as a legal document. Right. But when you look at it and when you learn the people around you, talk to them on their level. Use mm-hmm. the way that they act as a way of trying to use, give them an example of better living. If you can't do that, then remember to respect them on the level that they're on so that when it comes time that you need their help for something or you want them to get involved, they can come to you and say, well, you know what, you, did, you didn't treat me as if I was an outcast or a sinner. You treated me as a person. You showed me respect, and you respected what I did even though it wasn't right. You didn't tell right. me that I was dirty, low down, somebody, but you respected me as a person because I was doing what I thought was right or I was doing, all, doing, what, doing what I knew at the time what should have been right, but even though it wasn't right, I was just making it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I get a lot of people that tell me, well, pastor, you a pastor, and I hear some, when you talk to certain people, you say a few choice words. And I use (laughs) And I tell them, I say, sometimes, even when the bad words come out, it's not that you're using them to be derogatory, you talk to them on that level because if you talk like some folk, if you talk with too much education, they feel like you're disrespecting them. They feel as though right. you're calling them right. stupid or illiterate. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas you mm-hmm. just have education, you're using it. But sometimes you have to bring yourself down a little bit and remember, before I had education, I was an ordinary person that didn't know a whole lot of vocabulary. So now I have to use what I know in a different way. Sometimes I'll, I'll say words that they say back. I'll use that and I'll talk with them, communicate. And when I see them, oh, hey, Mr. Garrett, Pastor Garrett. And it's like they respect me because I can talk on their level, but I tell them, hey, you know I don't do this often. I don't talk like this often. I do that because you understand me better when I talk like that. And if I use some big words, you ask me, wait, what does that mean? Why are you talking like that? Why are you talking like you some Harvard graduate? Man, we used to go to school <laughs> together. We used to play ball together. You know, and a right. lot of my friends, they respect the fact that I still respect them, whether they're in church or not. But if they were to come to church, I wouldn't call them out on anything that they were doing. I'd personally right. tell them themselves, but I wouldn't put them out in the open like a lot of our you our, our pastors do. They put the young folk bad they put the young people's bad out for all the good people that's trying to help them to see, but also for those that mm-hmm. don't care at all about them to talk about them. Whereas you bring Very them to true. the side and say, Look, I see what you're doing. I understand how you feel and I know this is your way of making it, but maybe there's a better way. Maybe I can help you right. find a better Absolutely, absolutely. And, and do you feel that a lot of youth, um, and, and I was reading something um, by um, Joyce Meyer, and she talked about how um, a lot of times when, when people think about uh, religion um, in, in church, people think about, you know, a whole bunch of set of rules and regulations and obligations that you you, you got to follow by. Do you think a lot of youth um, also are hesitant um, about getting involved because, they have that fear of, you know, okay, well, I'm not perfect. And if I go to church, you know, and get active in church, I have to be perfect. Do you believe that this there's this perfect persona built around, you know, establishing a relationship with God and getting involved in church? Actually, yes, I do. I really do. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the youth around here and around the world feel like if they go to church, they feel as though they got to dress a certain way. They have to talk a certain way. They got to act some way that's not normal to them. But they also feel like they're being judged from the moment they get inside, the walk through the doors. And 95% of the time that's true because a lot of the people, a lot of people that's been in church for years and lo and behold, finally, Joe Blow off the street finally decided he wanted to show his face in church. Now that mm, it's about time or, oh, what took you so long? Whereas, we should greet them with love and say, oh, it's good to see you. You coming back again? When are you going to be back? Right. Let me know so I can I have a seat so you can sit right next to me so nobody bother you. You know, don't don't tell them that, well, when you come to my church or when you come to our church, you got to be like this. You better talk like this. You better dress like that. Some folk only have a very limited amount of clothing that they can wear. The only true. thing that we should give, give them as, as rules is remember that you're at church, don't curse. Try not to curse. Right. Try not to use words that you don't speak with your friends. Right. When you come to church, I'm not telling you what to wear. Just try to cover up, especially for the mm-hmm. especially for the young ladies, because they they don't like to go to church yeah. wears. Well, all I have is a tight fit dress. Well, wear it. But if mm-hmm. you have a jacket or you have a coat, put it around your waist so you're not distracting some of the young folk that actually, you know, are trying right. to listen. But because they see a beautiful physical appearance, now they're distracting and now they're talking in church. But sometimes mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. know how people like that. Yeah. It's best yes, to tell them yes. how to dress, but in a very mannerable way. I know this might be all you got. If you need to get something, if you don't have the money, I'll take you shopping myself. I'll go ahead and get right. you something that can't nobody say you came to church with your club outfit on. Right. Absolutely. I absolutely agree because a lot of times um, it, it's just the approach. And I have a, a great friend of mine whom um, she experienced a lot of, quote, unquote, church hurt um, growing up through the church because of that, um, because she she came from a, a foundation where it was just um, her. She was being raised by her grandmother. And so she, you know, got out there. Um, and so when she started going to church in her outfits, instead of, you know, having people who approached her in a way and saying, hey, you know, um, you know, could I, you know, possibly help you, you know, with your church attire or whatnot, um, she was, you know, ridiculed and, and received some very harsh criticism uh, from, from some very, you know, 
quote unquote significant people in the church. And so uh, for years, she said, you know, it kept her from going to church because she felt like she was going to be immediately judged, you know, as soon as she stepped into the church door. So, you know, we have to be mindful of people like that, you know, and as you said, you know, where it's, you know, come as you are. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of times we, with that, you know, people have to use common sense and, I, and and how you were talking about, especially with the young ladies. You know, we know when we put on something, if it's revealing too much cleavage, and we know, you know, we we know when we put on something, if you know, we can't bend over and pick up no tissue because of how short it is. So we we know certain things, and so I think that a lot of times we have to use, um, you know, some common common sense behind those things, and, and be like, okay, well, you know, and I know some churches they have the uh, what they call um, prayer cloths, you know, for the young ladies and so forth to, you know, put over them or whatnot. And so I think it's all in the approach. I think depending on how people approach, you know, people who are just starting to come to church makes a difference. And I think a lot of people have experienced um, a lot of hurt because of the way that they are approached um, by people when they step into the church doors. Right. And don't get me wrong, I, I use the ladies as an example, but us guys, the ones that like to say they can I can say this. I, I talk to a lot of the guys that, you know, have come to certain churches I've been at, I say, hey, man, yeah, I know this is your quote-unquote style, but if you have a longer right. T-shirt, you have a polo shirt with a collar, go and put it on, tuck it in your pants. It's going to be uncomfortable right. for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours, depending <laughs> on how long you feel like you won't preach. But as soon right. as you get out, you go back to being comfortable like you want. But just so that none of these old ladies in here or these older men tell you something and make you feel like you don't want to come back, go and pull them up right. a little bit. Put on, if you don't wear a belt at any time of the year besides on Sundays to go to church, do that. It helps you so that you don't feel some type of way, but if you need me to help, I'm right there. Because I have a, I have a lot of buddies, they come in church, and their style is, well, I like to sag my pants. Tuck in the shirt, man. You tuck it in, they can right. say you're sagging all you can, but they can't see your underwear, and they can't talk bad about you. I try to put you down even right on right. the outside of the church. Absolutely. Absolutely, you guys. And if you guys are just out there tuning in, we are on with Elder John Gary the second, you guys, and we're discussing how can the church lead more young people to Christ, you guys. And so we're having a great discussion tonight. So if you're out there listening um, and if you want to comment, feel free to do so. I see a lot of you guys on the line listening, and we definitely appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in. Uh, the call number is 347-326-9139, and all you have to do is press the number one and uh, to give your input. And so we're going to take a short uh, music break, you guys. We're going to come back and uh, delve some more into this topic and uh, wrap things up. Uh, This piece is entitled Savor. Uh, This is by uh, recording gospel artist Marika Chisholm um, out of Atlanta, Georgia. You guys can check her out on iTunes, Amazon, and uh, Twitter, and Facebook. That's Marika Chisholm on Twitter. She is Marika Sings. This is Favor by Marika Chisholm.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Sly. And this evening, you guys, we're talking about how can the church lead more young people to Christ. You guys, we're on with Elder John Garrett the second. You guys, he's joining us this evening. And uh, I think we have a, a special caller here uh, on the line here. We got the, the other Elder John in the building, you guys. How you doing? Hey, good evening. How you guys doing this evening? Doing great. Can you How hear are me? you? Yes. Doing well. Doing well. No complaints. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, what are, what are your thoughts um, on the topic this evening um, on how um, can the church lead uh, more young people um, to Christ? Well, I mean, I agree totally with uh, with my son with Elder. With Elder Garrett, because when I was in my early 20s, uh, when I started pastoring, I was 20 years old, and one thing that I did uh, was basically the same thing John did, and that was I got down to the level where they were, but I didn't forget who I was, and I interacted with them. I got to know them. I understood them. I talked about the basketball, talked about the music and stuff that they listened to. I understood the music that was there. Uh, at that right. time, Bill Wayne was the big thing popping, uh, the 504 boys and what have you uh, during that time in Louisiana. So it was things that I got with them with that was familiar. Got out and played basketball with them, understood where they was coming from, and treated them like a person in order to bring them in. And what happened, our ministry at St. Matthew's Baptist Church actually literally grew because the young people wanted to come. They wanted to know who was this young pastor that had no problem getting out, talking their lingo, knew the latest slang, and was talking the slang they were talking, but was able to incorporate right. the word. So I, I totally agree with what John is saying. You have to meet them where they are. You have to respect yeah. them as they are, but you have to treat them like they're people in order to bring them in. You know, Christ did the same thing. He used things that were familiar to people to bring them in. So with our young people, you got to meet them where they are. You, you got to tell them some right. of the things that they're doing, but understand why they're doing it, but give them an example of why Christ did what he did to show them now how to come out of that and begin to live the right way. And I, I tend to try to do the same thing now, even when I use, uh, that's that I ministry here in Georgia. Uh, our young mm-hmm. people actually get more involved in our Bible class. And uh, you, you know yourself, uh, Bianca, that our kids every mm-hmm. week in Bible class, you'll hear them ask some things that you would normally not hear an 8-year-old, 17-year-old, and so on and so forth forth acts in right. Bible class, but we use use same examples, music they're familiar with. Uh, we use games that they watch, television shows, to incorporate right. how to get them involved, 
but show them how to make the application of it. But if you fall, let's let's see how we get back up. Don't beat you up with right. it. Don't 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 dog you with it. So I agree with what he's saying. So if more of us as leaders as we get older keep the same mindset, but if we incorporate more of our young people in it, because our young people are not the church tomorrow, they're church today. And if our older Definitely. leaders would get them more involved, they would have more coming in, but show them how to get to the place that we are to understand it how we understand it, but still be on the level where they're at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Well, we definitely thank you for calling in and sharing your input this evening. Awesome. Awesome. I do appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. 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 And so for, for John, uh, with your ministry, um, at the end of the day, um, where do you want to see um, your ministry as far as with the youth and the growth in its entirety? Where, where do you envision um, your ministry and what you do to keep that connection with the youth um, and the church going? Well, uh, here at the Place of Worship, our vision really and truly is to bring people back to the basics, bring them back to the reality. Right. And with youth, I'm looking for and praying for and striving for that, you know, we can get them to come in, but they're not just sitting down listening. They're actually active. They're doing. They have something that they can do. If they're good at good in a certain field, they can use that as a way of saying, I do something for the church, and they recognize my talent. Whereas if, right. if it's music, if it's, you know, uh, video photography or digital media, whatever the case may be, the vision and, and the, the pride and joy of our youth ministry is to make sure that they are using their talents and not just sitting down saying, well, I can do this or I can do that, but nobody wants me to do it or nobody realizes that I'm smarter than I look. And that for a future goal, I want to bring in so much youth, so much of the young folks to where they can do things and we can put people out there for the building of God's kingdom, but not only that, so that they can showcase their talents and show people that, you know, you guys have been sitting there and putting me down and telling me I can't do this, telling me I can't do that, but I'm grateful for the one opportunity that somebody gave me to put my talent to use, and it's for good use, and it's not for negativity, but for, but for positivity. Absolutely. 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 And, and, John, for the folks out here listening uh, who may be uh, down there in the surrounding areas, um, tell them um, about the place um, of worship um, and the time and the location. Well, the place of worship, we start every Sunday at seven at 10 o'clock on Sundays. We are located here in Homa using the Quality Inn Hotel. Room 168, you can ask the guys at the desk. We start every Sunday at 10 o'clock promptly, as well as every Thursday night for 7.30 Bible study. And if you guys are wondering, you guys are looking, or you just want to pop in for a visit, you're more than welcome. We accept everybody, no matter your creed or background. We love everybody, and we welcome all here in Homa. And from around the world. <laughs> we, also, we also do live streaming too over Facebook as well, either okay. on my page or on the church page for services. Okay. So if it, if you can't make it on Sunday because you have to work, don't no worries. We do live stream so that you can be at church without actually being at church. Oh, awesome, awesome. So you don't have no excuse not to <laughs> not to tune in <laughs> one way or the other because it's right there, either your physical way or uh, right at your fingertips or your computer or your phone. So you guys definitely uh, make sure if you're in the area, go and check out the place um, of worship. And so, of course, um, John, wrapping up um, at the end of the day, um, for the, the the ministers out here listening, for the youth um, who may be out here listening, um, how can people continue um, to to encourage young people um, in their relationship um, with Christ? Well, that that's simple. Um, and for those that I forgot to give the address, I do apologize, Miss Bianca. It's actually two ten South Hollywood Road here in Homa, Louisiana. Um, but how they can continue mostly, most importantly, is to 
remember that our children are looking to feel and know that they're wanted and important. They're looking to feel as though they're needed by somebody and not just right. labeled as another child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For leaders, right. don't be afraid to get an idea from a child. Give them their credit for what they for the idea they've given you, but use it, but have them orchestrate it. Give, mm-hmm, let mm-hmm. them give you the idea. Let them give you the most important task that you could ever have, but you oversee it while they take care of it and see how good they do. Nine times out of ten, they'll do exceptional, and now they're going to bring in their friends, their coworkers, their comrades, and say, hey, look what I did. If you want to be a part, you can do it here. And for those around this area here, those young folks that are that may be listening that may find find this this uh recording later on, don't be afraid to come to me. If you know something, if you feel that you're led to do something, or if you have a talent and you want to broadcast it, I'm here mm-hmm. to help. I'm here to give as much advice as I can and as much help as I can give. And if I don't know the answer, I will find someone that can give it to me to give to you. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. And uh, if the listeners out here uh, want to connect with you, um, are you um, available through social media? Yes, ma'am. My Facebook page is Elder John Lee Garrett II, and you guys can hit me up on there or the church page. Either way, I get messages from both. Also, I do have an Instagram. I cannot remember okay. the name of it at the moment. I do apologize. <laughs> it's quite all right. <laughs> but Facebook is usually normally the biggest area you guys can reach me, so don't be afraid to go ahead and send a friend request. I accept all. Absolutely, absolutely awesome. It has definitely uh, been a pleasure having you um, on the show tonight for this awesome discussion. I definitely have enjoyed uh, the discussion and and where it has taken us this evening. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come over here on the show and and, uh, add so much uh, to this topic. And I'm glad to be a part of it and able to help in any way possible. And I do appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, and I definitely um, hope you'll come back again and, and join me uh, for another topic in the in discussion. I definitely would love that. Oh, yes, ma'am. Anytime you need me. All right. Awesome. Well, you have a great rest of your evening. I'll be talking with you soon. Yes, ma'am, and you have a blessed evening as well. All right. Thank you, Bye. All right, you guys, that was Elder John Garrett II, you guys, um, pastor of the Place of Worship, located at 210 South Hollywood Road, Homa, Louisiana, you guys. So so you guys that are in Louisiana or the surrounding areas or you might be passing through on a Sunday and you're looking for a place to worship, uh, go and check him out. Go and support you guys um, down there in Louisiana. And so definitely want to thank uh, everybody so much. We I want to thank uh, Elder John Garrett Sr. for calling in as well and giving some great insight. And to those of you who are on the phone lines who have been listening throughout the entire broadcast, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate your support um, and dedication to the station YRN 1328. And so we're going to get ready to get out of here, you guys, and uh, we're going to go out of here. Uh, what's a little Hezekiah Walker, you guys? So I'll see you guys next week, same time, same place. I am Bianca Fly, and I'll see you next time.
want y'all to help us do it. Lift your hands in this atmosphere and say, I am grateful. have done. Look at him and tell him, yes, I'm grateful for the victory that we won. Tell him I could go on and on. About your works. Because I'm grateful. Praise you, Lord. Lift your hands and say, flowing from my heart, 